0: Summer is just around the corner, and I could not be more excited. Those warmer, sunnier days are calling, so fuel up for them with Factor's No Prep, No Mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to their menu of chef crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals, which is so helpful for me, especially during those busy summer months. As you know, my mom and I, or at least me, are not great in the kitchen. I need to have things that are easy to cook and delicious and healthy. So Factor checks all those boxes for me. Make today the day you kickstart a healthy new routine. So what are you waiting for? With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Make your day delicious from breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious options, and treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle. You can choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or simply eat well-balanced. Factor truly has it all. So head to factormeals.com slash 5050 and use barbknowsbest 5050 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code best 50 at factormeals.com slash best 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Hello, everyone. Hi, friends. It's a beautiful day because we are back with the Barb Knows Best podcast. I am your co-host, Michelle Maros, and I am here with my mom, Barb. Hi, everyone. Hello. It's good to see you, Michelle. It's great to see you, too, <laughs> as if I don't see you probably
2: every waking day. I know, but this is kind of a different, it's, it's a different setting. It, it is. It's good. is. You're right. It's good to be back to the podcast, having another conversation with all of our friends.
0: Truly. So we are now, you know, midway into a new year, or not, not my first month of the new year. Jeez.
2: Yeah, I was wondering what you were meaning <laughs> by that. Midway into the first month. Yes. Oh, uh, my brain. Yes. Um,
0: and I just, how's a feeling? How's it going for you? You know what? It's
2: It took me a while to settle into the fact that we were in, even in a new year. It's, yeah, it's but that a is always bit,
0: the case, isn't it? It is. It is.
2: I think I did a post and I was talking, I had was in a conversation back and forth in one of my posts with someone, with several people. And it, it's so true because society tells us, it's almost like, okay, 2022, now 2023. So whatever's happening in 2022 or whatever's going on with you, when it hits 2023, a, a light switch is flipped and it's all done and we start over. Yeah. It, I feel like there's that pressure sometimes. and And so many people were saying to me, but- I still have some things. One of my closest friends here in town, she's ninety-five years old. She looked at me and she said, "Do you still have correspondence on your desk that you haven't answered yet? That's (laughs) that's still hanging on or still, you know, waiting to be answered from 2022?" And I said, "Absolutely." And she just had the biggest smile and she was so happy because I said, "Yeah, definitely. We're not ever gonna wrap up everything in one year just because the calendar says it's 2023." So. I just want to say I've really been gentle with myself and given myself a break. So if anyone is still feeling like you have leftover things from 2022, join join the community because I feel that way, too.
0: Well, it's interesting because so I mean, sometimes I feel like we're in a Groundhog Day situation because I feel like every January we have this conversation of like it's a new year but, you know, I'm still wrapping things up from the year before. So, like, let's make March the new, like, the new oh, year true. really starts. And it does feel like it takes a little bit of time to get things going. Um, and it, isn't the Chinese New Year in March? It is. So. It is. Anyways, it's okay if you're still kind of settling in. Yeah. Not only the is 2023 okay. vibe.
2: There's nothing wrong with you. No. I think one of the things, and I know we're going to really get into some cool stuff here, in this conversation. But one of the things I've been thinking about, and I wanted to share this with everyone is we walk around thinking that something's wrong with us. I know my brain will say, Oh my gosh, Barbara, what's wrong with you? And what's wrong. And I've been thinking about this a lot. What's wrong is we don't see our own preciousness. We don't see our own qualities and capabilities and extraordinariness and really value. So If you're walking around thinking what's wrong with me or that there is something wrong with you because you have leftover correspondence, like my really beautiful friend, there's nothing wrong with you and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Just really understanding that you're enough and you're doing, not only doing the best you can, you're doing whatever you need to do right now in the moment and it'll all get, it'll all work itself out in the right way.
0: Tapping into your preciousness. Yes. You love that word. I do.
2: I use it a lot. It's very sweet. I love that word. I love extraordinary I just
0: just feel like we don't... Barb Vocabulary 101. (laughs) We
2: don't don't honor ourselves enough. And I think the beginning of a year, and here we are, you know, mid-January, the beginning of a year is really critical, I think, for us to be gentle, honoring ourselves, and really being understanding and caring for ourselves because we are precious. I used to say this all the time, Michelle. Someone would say to me, uh, early on, you were probably six or seven years old, and I used to say this all the time, You know, make sure that when you get in a car with someone else, I would always say, you know, make sure that, you know, who's ever driving you is is driving carefully because you have precious cargo.
0: Precious cargo.
2: called you and and anyone that's in the seat precious cargo, so.
0: Yeah, you have always used that word. Um, And it does, it feels precious. Yeah. So So this week, actually two things I wanted to say. I feel like next week I want to talk about so I'm going to hold myself accountable. I want to talk about the mindset of this new year and some conversations that we've been having about 2023 and just making it a good year. I have some interesting thoughts, but I'm I'm not fully digested with them yet. So I'm really excited to talk about that next week. So I am you, too. I uh, will hold
2: you accountable because can I can't mark w- that. I sure for will. us.
0: But um, this week, staying in the present moment, um, you know, if you follow us on social media or if you, you know, do any sort of introspective self-care work, you often... Or take
2: in any of our workshops.
0: Yes. All the things, All the
2: teachings that we've had, yeah.
0: You know, you often hear the term red flag um, a lot. It's a, I think it was a super buzzy word last year, too, where you know, it's a red flag, it's a red flag, this is a red flag. And it's really helpful to know what to look out for in a negative light within relationships and situations and circumstances, et cetera. Um, but do we ever really talk about green flags? I think it's our, our natural tendency to, even we talk about this in our in our work, of when we post, you know, reels and things like that, We post, you know, positive messages and not negative messages, but messages that kind of elicit more intense emotions. And it seems like those intense ones tend to garner more traction. And I think it's a human nature to be um, drawn to the negative. You know, our minds love to pick up on negative thoughts and ruminate in that. So, you know, we get very invested in red flags. But this week we're like, you know, there's green flags too. There's life is, I think, a duality. There's good and bad. There's highs and lows. And I think you need one without the other. So this week we wanted to talk about some green flags and you and I always say like we, we get really deep in this podcast. And so like, let's bring some levity, have a little fun, lighthearted chat. In the new year.
2: I love it. And you just, you just really, I was thinking about the quote that I used here. People walk around thinking what's wrong with me. Yeah. And so do we ever walk around saying what's right with me? Wow. I feel really excited and ecstatic today because I'm right. very loyal. It's the other side of the coin. It's the other side of the coin. Or I'm really happy that my friend, you know, got that award or whatever it is, which we'll get into all of that. But let's really start shifting <laughs> the perspective a little bit and- you know, maybe when, when your mind starts to say what's wrong with me, immediately intercept that with, wait a minute, let me think about one thing that's right with me.
0: Yeah. It's important because, you know, we even talk, people talk about balance all the time and you can be knowledgeable about that side of the coin, but we have to also balance it out with knowing what we are looking for. You can't just know what you're not looking for. You have to be cognizant of what you do want. And that's, equally as important and, and look at
2: every aspect of who you are and not just the things that you feel like you need to fix or need to learn to fix or learned to sort out what's, what's wrong with me here so that I can do better. You know, we talk about those things all the time. So let's also, I love that, Michelle, let's also balance it out and be aware. Awareness is key. Ah, uh, We're back and be aware of what's right with me. And what, what, what am I really proud of myself for? in the essence of who I am.
0: You know, and I think too, a lot of us have been burned in relationships. So the red flags were hypersensitive to them and we don't want to get hurt again and we don't want to get burned again. But it is important to know the, the green flags because there are people who are meant to be in our lives and who have the qualities that are in alignment with our lives and personalities. And, I think it's important to be open to that and not, you know, some of the criticisms or feedback that we get from people when we talk about boundaries and red flags, it's like, you're pushing people out, you're cutting people off. And, you know, there's degrees of that where sometimes it's really necessary to do that. Sometimes it's a self-care practice, but I think this practice of searching for the good and searching for the green flags and being open to the possibility of new and green flags is important because it balances out that feeling of like I'm always pushing people out in a way. Love it. Love it. So here's some I'm ready. (laughs) Here's some green flags that we've noticed. Um, And they're a little bit subtle.
2: Actually, I think when you and I were talking about this, they can be subtle or they can be overlooked or they can actually be oh, well, I'm supposed to be that way. Well, not really. Not everyone is Is some of the things we're going to talk about. Not everyone is. So really going back to that word that I've been using a lot for 2023 is honor, honor yourself.
0: Well, so I have have two lists really. Um, The first is like the obvious, which I think just needs to be said, but we also have some not so obvious ones and I'll go through the obvious ones kind of quickly because kind of it's obvious, but of course, clear communication, honesty, vulnerability, integrity, boundaries, And isn't afraid to admit mistakes. Like, I wrote a blog about this. We'll link it in the notes. Those were the things that really came forward to me as like solid, just things that you look for in relationships. And we've discussed a lot at the end of last year, some of the difficulty that we were experiencing within our own family and with relationships. And when I look at this list, it's like if we had had any of these things on this list, things would feel better. But so many of these Actually, I don't think any of them. (laughs) them. I was just going to say, and I would add one
2: more to that list, loyalty. None of those are on on the list of the relationships that kind of imploded in this And I just
0: think if any of those things had been present, things might not feel so fraught and hurtful. Um, And so those, I I, I mean, maybe these are kind of like the backbone of relationships and then we can get into like the red flags. I mean, green flags, sorry. See, it's like, we're always talking red. Um, But... These, those really are like the, the foundational aspects, I think, that really help us feel safe and supported.
2: And that we matter to the other person, that, that our feelings matter and our opinions matter and that we as a human being matter. And, and I love that, safe and supported.
0: But on the flip side, underrated, below the surface green flags, things that might get missed but make a, di- make a difference and make people feel better. And it's interesting because I was having this conversation with a friend yesterday about, you know, coming out of the holiday season and, like, the concept of gifts. It's, like, she and I both were agreeing that, like, we don't necessarily care about, like, the concept of gift giving. It's more about, like, the thoughtfulness of someone knowing that they thought of you. And I'm, like, I, I guess my love language isn't, like, needing a gift. But, like, if you unexpectedly bring like you bringing me a coffee in the morning or Heather bringing me a diet Coke in the afternoon. Like that's like, that means something to me, the thoughtfulness. So that'll go into what we're getting ready to talk about. But I just, it's interesting to think about what really matters to you when it comes to relationship.
2: And I think too, what I love about the things we're going to talk about is that these are things that can light the other person up inside. Yeah. I think that's why I'm saying to really own if, if these really resonate for you, own it because it makes the other person just kind of shine on the inside out. It makes them like, wow, that is so amazing that that person feels that way, or that piece, person is acting in that way. And I think it's a really big deal. I think it's a really big deal. And it, I don't want to say it's the icing on the cake because it really isn't that. It, it really is about shining, shining bright and really being you know, that that friend or that human in your life that you feel like you just said, safe and supported and that that you really genuinely matter.
0: When you think about relationships, too, and the difficulty that a lot of us are facing going through all of these challenging years and just mental health struggles and just every kind of struggle, a good, solid, supportive relationship can be a life raft, like if you're really struggling. And some of these subtle green flags that we're going to talk about can be that spirit lift, even if it's something that seems so meaningless that someone might need in a dark moment. And there's been a lot of tragedy with people really suffering with mental health. And I think, you know, just something an antidote to really feeling alone is finding people that genuinely can be in your corner for you. Um and it's that life raft. I always think, you know, you feel like you're sinking and Just an underrated, below the surface kindness can, you know, bob you back up to the surface. Well,
2: I'll lead off. Go for it. I think we've uh, we've teased this up really well. I'll lead off because I really absolutely love this one, and I think it's so cool (laughs) that we, one of the green flags, is that we're genuinely genuinely happy for other people's success. Yeah. It is a really profound sentence, I think. Being genuinely happy for other people's successes in life. And I think to be able to acknowledge it and say, hey, I am so excited and so proud of you for winning that award or for getting that, you know, employment or for, for achieving that position in your job or for your daughter who just won the tennis tournament or whatever it is. There's, there's something really special about being genuinely happy, mm-hmm. happy for other people's success.
0: Yeah, I know personally. Whenever I've shared big moments in my life publicly on social media or within my friends, it's never like I'm testing people in my life to see how they'll react. But I've I've always noticed and felt very. Um. What's the word? I've, I've always felt it's made me feel a certain way when people in my life feel genuinely happy for me. And not in like a, oh, I have to say it because that's the right thing to do. But the people that reach out and say like, I'm truly so excited for you or I'm so happy to see you feel like achieving this or anything like that, that really means something to me. And I don't need people to like celebrate me to like, the nth degree, but just a note of, of care and acknowledgement and just being seen by the people in your life. It means a lot to people. And that's, it, it doesn't cost anything. Like, you know, you don't have to, it's literally just caring. You know, I think sometimes people think like, I don't have the money to do this or take people out or give people gifts and things like that. But many of these green flags that we're going to talk about are free.
2: And I think it's so important to realize one of the reasons I think you and I wanted to talk about this is for all of you listening to feel this about your, like to feel this for yourself. If if you are a person who is genuinely happy. So those are the two key words, words, I believe in the sentence, genuinely happy for other people's success. That's extraordinary. That's precious. You, because some people don't get the hit. If someone says, if I come into the door and I say, oh my gosh, I just got promoted in my job. Some people might, oh, you got promoted over me or oh big yeah. deal. You know, everybody gets promoted or whatever. Some people don't genuinely feel happy for other people when they when they announce or when they say, Look, this this really great thing just happened to me. So if you're one of those people that it does, it's extraordinary. That's but all also, I want to say. It just really say, matters.
0: Because I've been on the other side too. Where, you know, I see someone in my field maybe achieving something that I'm trying to achieve. And I feel a pang of like jealousy or envy or even competition. And I, it's a practice within us all to like check yourself and be like, okay, well, why do I feel that? Instead of the immediate feeling of like happiness. And and so I think just noticing that the other side of that coin is that does happen, but I can feel envious of someone and know that because just because they got to a certain place doesn't mean that I can't. It's like me seeing someone succeed and be happy and successful doesn't, it just shows me that it's possible. So if you're someone that's like, well, I understand intuitively that like being happy for other people, of course, but sometimes, you know, the, the thoughts in my mind override and are like, well, that person didn't deserve it or it should have been me, you know, all of those things. That's normal too. And part of the practice of life and the things that we talk about is noticing it being like, you know, that thinking that way doesn't really feel good to me. I don't need to be in competition with this person or I don't need, their success doesn't impact my life at all. And just kind of talk yourself through the thought process to get yourself to a place where like, I can be happy for them and still be motivated for me.
3: Yeah. You said it
2: beautifully. It's life is not a zero sum game. There's enough for everyone. Yeah. And I love the what you just said earlier that another person's success can kind of be a little bit of a motivator to, well, I, I can do that too, or I can achieve my own success in whatever way that is. And I'm really happy for them because it's, it shows that it can be done and all those yeah, things. Of
0: course. Of course.
2: So the other one that I love is. Number the, two. They're flexible and willing to adapt to changing circumstances and
0: plans. <laughs> <laughs> this is, She loves this because this, this is to know her is to love her. And to know her means you plans will change. Flexibility is key when you're in relationship with Barb.
2: And I really honor and love people that can be that flexible. Yeah. And can really understand that.
0: And it's not know, in a disrespectful
2: me. way. No, not at all. And, and I certainly don't, I'm not really known for canceling things at the last minute, not being, not showing up and being rude or being disrespectful, but I, I love it when people can be willing to be flexible and adapt to changes and circumstances that might come up in life. And I'm the same. If someone has to cancel for me, I'm the first one to say, no problem no problem. Just let me know when you want to reschedule or let me know. It, it doesn't, I'm very, very flexible and very much like that and never have a feeling like, Oh, how rude was that? Or, or, gosh, I wish they hadn't. This doesn't make any sense. This puts me in a bad situation or anything like that. So this is a really important one for me.
0: For me too. And I know there's like, you know, meme culture of like, there's nothing better than canceled plans,
1: no, That's true. <laughs> which
0: I can relate to, but it's like, you know, people being flexible and adaptive to you changing plans means that you can be the same for them. So like whenever someone cancels a plan with me, I'm like, no problem because if that, if the roles were reversed, I hope that you would be flexible with me too. And I think that's that symbiotic relationship. That is the green flag of like not taking a canceled plan personally and just being like, look, I know you're busy. I know I'm busy. I know life gets complicated sometimes, you know, changing plans or, you know, having crazy schedules isn't always something that we can control and we'll get together when things work. You know, even some of my best best friends, I rarely see them because like we're all busy, but we're it doesn't it doesn't make our friendship any less. And I think if you can start to realize that like physical plans don't necessarily always m- matter in far as like how deep is the friendship oh for sure and it's just you know so don't get your feelings hurt if plans change or you know you don't see someone or, you know I just I think redefining what good friendship means and I think this is a big one because I've been trying to get together with one of my best best friends in like the whole world for months and between her schedule and my schedule holidays everything it it's it been hard happened. but I don't take it personally like oh she clearly doesn't want to see me or doesn't want to be friends with me anymore. And and it's the same with her. It, It truly feels like a symbiotic, we'll come together when time allows.
2: And I think too, you know, the only constant in life is change. That we know for sure. We don't know anything else for sure. You know, things are always changing. So if we can be open and receptive to flexibility and the changing circumstances and changing of plans and adapt I believe for me, I know for me, it, it's it's helped me along the way over the past years of my life to accept changes in, in my life that aren't necessarily ones that I'm happy about. So I think it kind of goes hand in hand like that. And then another one that I love a whole lot is... Oh, you're just
0: going to take us through this whole list, am, aren't you? I am.
2: People that are comfortable saying, I don't know, or I was wrong. And it's really, mm-hmm. really, really important, I think, to to know, to be okay with, you don't know something. And and if someone asks you a question or if you're in a group or whatever it is, it's okay not to know because many times we don't know, but I think it's really important to own it yeah, and not worry about that. It makes you look a certain way or it makes you feel dumb or whatever it is that you're feeling in the moment. I don't know, you know, I don't know. But, but I think it's also important too, to understand that if we have done something wrong, And we do know that we've done something wrong to admit it. Oh, I was wrong. I'm really sorry. That's a
0: huge one for me. If someone can admit it, it makes such a big deal for my trust in a relationship. Because if you think about our our conversation about gaslighting a few episodes ago, if someone can't admit that they were wrong and then takes it to a degree of not only were they not wrong, but you're misunderstanding the situation and it's you, like you said, that has the problem. That's toxic. And I just as I've gotten older, my values and relationships have changed so much that like someone being able to say I was wrong is like high, high high up there because it's like, okay. It's just like the changing of the plans thing for me. It gives people grace and it gives people a anchor in the truth and reality. And some of the biggest issues that I've ever experienced in relationship is like writing stories in my own mind about what people think or what people are feeling about me or if they like me or if they don't or if they think this or that about me or if if I hurt their feelings or if I did something wrong or if I'm the problem and for people to be able to just come flat out and say I was wrong or I did this or whatever nips so many of that storytelling tendencies in the bud. So it's. It really benefits my mental health when people can admit that. And of course, because I love to play devil's advocate, we have to do that too. Of course. You know, we have to admit when we're wrong or when we don't know.
2: And we could also take it a step further when people come to me and say, you know, Barb, I was wrong. And then when they take it a step further and say, and what could I do to fix it? Or what do you need in this moment that would be helpful? That is golden for me. Truly really, really golden. When someone goes the full route of I was wrong and now what can I do? What will be helpful for you?
0: Well, and that kind of goes into another one on the list of being able to take accountability yes. for actions instead of making excuses or trying to shift the blame, Yes, which is like our gaslighting conversation times a million.
2: It's really important. It's, it shows I for me, when someone does that, it shows your humanity. It really, I don't think there's, I don't. I think that could be one of my top five things that just really warms me up inside. Like my heart really melts when someone says that takes accountability for their actions instead of making excuses or shifting the blame to other people. That really can say I was wrong or I actually did this, and then when they say, "And Barb, how can I help? What What can I do to fix it? Or Or how can I be of service here? Or What What? Please let me know what I can do. I'm here." How can I help and it's just it's just a beautiful thing when you when you have when you're in a relationship with someone like that so I think if you are one of those people I really it's it's amazing it's it's truly extraordinary and it's really wonderful and I think it's what it it's really one of the things in relationships that is golden and that that helps relationships to grow and prosper
0: yeah I can think about a situation where I was it was a tough conversation, but I was talking to someone I really cared about, about something that had bothered me that they had done. And I, you know, kind of spelled it out. And I know in my mind at that time, I was so used to people doing what was in this, in this point of like deflecting or shifting the blame to other people or making excuses and, and not fully coming out and saying I was wrong. So I was ready for that conversation of like going through that. And the person instead just said, I understand. And I, I, I'm, I'm really sorry. And in that moment, like that, that's just one sentence and nothing was solved. You know, we hadn't gotten to that next step of like, what can it, what can be done to be fixed, fix the situation, be fixed. But, Simply just having that person not fall into the blame shifting excuses, like gave me such a sigh of relief. Like that was everything to me. And then of course the conversation could continue into what's next, but that simple act of like, yeah, I see what you're saying. I maybe didn't realize in the moment what I was doing, but I get it. And I understand where you're coming from. And I'm really sorry. It's just like everything. And, like, to use your words, accountability and all of that stuff and, and making amends is, like, the icing on top. But having someone who can just admit and take responsibility for themselves is, like, golden. Mm-hmm. And it's so – I just had, like, a weird uh, flash in my mind of, like, none of this stuff really should be that groundbreaking. Like, we yeah. shouldn't have to – strive for accountability and responsibility and communication, but such is life. We do. And we do you
2: know how I think when I think about relationships and I think about people really one of the basic things that I think uh, that I believe deeply, not, I think I believe deeply that we all want, we want to be seen yeah, and we want to be heard. So I think you're right. These are just the basic things that I think as human beings we crave or we desire or we truly want. So I think it's really, it's really beautiful if you're in a relationship that you are doing these things and it's it just really honor yourself. I'm going to keep saying that because I think it's so extraordinary because I think it's not that common. Unfortunately. No. When I think about as you said earlier in this episode, when I think about all the issues that we've had and in, re- in very, very, very close loving relationships in the past three or four months, All of these were lacking. Yeah. So it's really interesting. So it's not that common. So really honor yourself.
0: And just like with everything that we talk about, I think some of these things are muscles to build. It's not always easy for us to say, I don't know, and I was wrong. Or to admit when we've made a mistake. But I know, I feel better when I can like admit admit it and be truthful about things when i've done something wrong. And obviously it's uncomfortable sometimes, but at least it's like the truth and rooted in reality and you're not extending a lie or a fabricated reality. And i think the more that we live in that you know place of truth and strengthen that muscle, it might get easier for us to to admit. And then, you know, in the same vein, Making people feel comfortable in our presence to do the same.
2: True,
0: true. I don't know. I like to think of it that way. Yeah,
2: I love it. I love it.
0: And the next. So what's next? Next
2: one, when people can listen to you, or you're in a conversation with someone, and they're not always trying to one up you. You know, they're not always thinking about now what can I say next, and how can I show this person that I'm I'm better than they are, or you know that they're actually listening to you. I think that's one of my. I love it when I'm talking to someone who's really listening to me, I think that I'm a really good listener and I really love it when people can give me their full attention and not be thinking about during the conversation, how can I, now how can I share something that's going to make them proud of me? Or how can I share something that's going to make them like me better? Or how can I share something that's going to make me shine brighter? You know, that, that, you know, that person that's trying to one up you not only in life, but in just in a simple conversation. So I I really love that when you can be in a conversation with someone who truly is listening and allows you to, to just be present in that moment without needing to, you know, to, to one up you, I guess that's, that's the, that's that's really the thing. That is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is.
0: It's a big one because I think the world that we live in provides us lots of reasons to not be present to people and lots of outlets to not be present to people obviously, with, like, phones and technology and conversation. But, yeah, when I can be with people and really feel that they're present with me and that they're listening and not distracted or thinking about something else and then, of course, going to the next degree of, like, not trying to one-up me or, like, compete, feel like I'm in a competition with them in a conversation, it means so much to me. It makes, like you said, people want to feel seen and heard. It makes me feel seen and heard. And... I know we all have a lot going on and we're often pulled in a million different directions, but I find that, you know, 15 minutes of really present conversation with a friend is, is so much better than like two hours of just, you know, half, half hearted, half present, you know, whatever that might be, you know, quality over quantity.
2: Yeah. Beautiful.
0: And the people, the ones that get it, get it, you know, like it's, it's nice to find people who, who get that. Who
2: can do that, yeah.
0: Yeah. And I
2: think one of the last ones that I would like to share would be that you're not easily triggered
0: <laughs> with
2: people that aren't easily... Did you
0: save that one for last for a reason? <laughs> yeah, I
2: don't know. Maybe. You know, you're with people that aren't easily triggered by negative feedback or criticism. You know, if, if there's... I love it. I have, a, I have a very small amount of people that will tell me the truth about something that I need to hear that is positive criticism or positive messaging. You know, maybe if, if you have, if you have an aversion to that word, criticism, positive messaging, messaging, when somebody says a, a message, just a, a message that's positive for you to hear, to make a change or to just know that that's what you're doing. I know when you, whenever you say anything to me, <laughs> I would say 90% of the time, Right. Whenever you say anything to me, I will usually pause and I will think about it for a second I'll say, wow, I didn't realize that about myself or I didn't realize that I was doing that or wow, Michelle, let me think about that for a minute. Am I actually doing that?
0: Well, an example would be with this podcast. Sometimes I would notice you would get too close to the microphone and I felt like you were breathing into the, and I know people get like very sound aversions and I'm like, we can't have our listeners getting turned off by like the <laughs> ASMR aspect of this podcast. But I said, just be mindful of how close you are to the mic. And if you're like, you know, breathing into it and you were like, Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize cause you're so present when we do these, you're just like in it. You're not thinking about what's happening around us and you took it and it was fine. I
2: think obviously it matters how it's delivered. And sometimes we can be triggered by negative feedback and criticism So that's why saying it this way can be even triggering because I think it can be hard if someone is giving us criticism that's being delivered in a, in a harsh way. So when, when I'm using the word negative feedback, I'm actually meaning feedback about something that's going to enrich or enhance your life or enhance your moment or enhance your day. Like you don't ever say anything to me to hurt my feelings. You are not out thinking now, what can I say to my mom right now that will hurt her feelings? So when you say something to me, I'm always present in a vein of, wow, let me, let me check that out and see if that rings true for me. And -hmm. I would say, I said 90%, I would probably have to say a hundred percent of the time I will say, wow, I didn't realize that. Or thank you for sharing that. I will work on that or I will look into that or "I'll, I'll take a, you know, a pause here and see what I can do about that. So I think it's really, it's really good to be open to other people's suggestions Maybe instead of calling it criticism,
0: or we could call it negative feedback.
2: We could call it suggestions, other people's suggestions about things that we want to be aware of. What what's what is the biggest one over the, not not recently? Because maybe I don't wear lipstick much recently. I don't know, but you remember all the time, lipstick would get caught on my front tooth, <laughs> and so I would go out somewhere, whatever, and you or whoever I was with would say, oh, "You got lipstick on your teeth, Barb. You have lipstick on your teeth." And I think that some people can take that the wrong way. They could be like annoyed. How dare you point that out to me? But I think
0: well, it's like also if someone has food in their teeth, right, or get whatever. Like weird yes, about saying that to people. But I also think that with this topic, you know, it is something that we have to practice because I remember, you know, when I was in my first nine to five job out of college, and my my job had twice annual reviews. And we, I had to create like my list of things that I thought I was doing well and things that I thought I could work on and sit down with my boss. And they would go over what they thought I was doing well and what they thought I could work on. And maybe it's the perfectionistic tendencies in me, but I'm like, oh, they're not going to have anything for me to work on because I'm doing a great job. And at first, like I remember in my first review when there was like, oh, these are some things that we would like for you to work on. I was like, what? Me? I'm perfect. How could you have any feedback for me? And I felt triggered in that moment. Cause I'm like, oh, don't they realize how great I am? And like, I'm doing such a great job and this place would fall apart without me. And I think it like, it's a practice of not, not taking it personally. And there's always going to be things that we can do to improve in our life, in our work, in our relationships and having the conversation about it and not just cutting it off where someone says, Hey, I'd love it if you could do this differently. This isn't really working so well for me. And instead of hearing that, getting triggered, cutting the conversation off and saying, fine. Yeah. Maybe saying, talk it out. Like, yeah, I I understand what you're saying, but like, could we talk it out because I'm not like fully understanding what you're meaning or I thought I was doing what you're asking me to do, but it seems like it's not working. So like, what exactly? Like getting clarification instead of being triggered. You know, I think we get triggered and cut it off. But if we do get triggered, continue the conversation and communicate. Like if you're confused or you don't necessarily understand because I think the triggered, triggered, being triggered without having clarity I think, is a recipe for resentment and anger and things to come out sideways later on when it's not fully resolved. And so I feel like, you know, no one likes to be told that they're doing something wrong. I think it's human nature. We all want to feel like we're doing a good job in life. But if we can just be open to it, and it's like that space that we always talk about, taking taking it in, having the space and then figuring out how you want to react rather than the knee jerk reaction of like, oh my God, you know, you don't value me for everything else that I do or whatever the thing might be, or I've showed up for you eight other ways, but you know, this is the problem. Like just really taking that space to digest before reacting and not being so triggered is huge in relationships.
2: I could not have said that better myself, Michelle. I really agree with you because this sentence can be very the sentence can be very tricky, I think. So, it because it, it also matters than the delivery. If someone is being really mean or yeah. cruel or harsh or nasty or whatever, whatever the the word is, we want to we want to not let that trigger us either. We want to not succumb to their, you know, their their ill will of being able to present something to us. So, if someone is being kind of, you know, not not polite, not respectful of me. You're right. Instead of being triggered by that and then cutting it all, I'll, I'll probably pause and say, well, wait a minute. What do you, I'm, I'm not quite, sh- I'm not quite sure I understand what it is you're trying to say. Could we just take a minute here and talk about this Yeah. in a very constructive, calm way or something like that? Because I think the delivery matters so much. Well, and and I think- so just not being triggered, just allowing yourself to be open so that you always stay in your power and you always have a response back that's truthful And that is helpful.
0: And I think we often try to speed up uncomfortable conversations. Like you want to say what you have to say, get in, get out and get it, like check it off the list, get it over with. And sometimes drawing it out in a way that, that breathes clarity and understanding and, you know, tampering some of those negative feelings or hurtful feelings is important. Like sometimes you have to really flesh things out and I love, 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 when I can tell people something that's not working for me and them not, not feeling the fear of like, if I approach someone with something that they're no longer going to be my friend or they're not going to win and be around me anymore, or they're going to think I'm a bad person. It's so freeing to be in relationships where you can just be, obviously be kind and compassionate and sympathetic and give grace, but you can communicate in an honest way where it's like, look, like this happened last time we were together and it didn't make me feel great. Like, can we talk about it or whatever it might be without that person being like, like I knew you weren't a good friend or I knew you weren't the right person, whatever it might be. There's such a nice feeling when you can be in that flow with someone. And again, like both sides of the street, I now try not to get triggered. If someone says something to me, I try and take the space, you know, There's, I'm working on a book and like that's the, probably one of the biggest tests of this for me because clearly I'm not going to write a whole bunch of words without getting comments or feedback from the people who are helping me write. And I take a lot of like pride in my writing, but I realize that some people might know better in some circumstances about my words. So it's been a really big test for me to not take feedback or criticism personally and like take it in, see what I can work with, see what doesn't necessarily feel right. And it's like, I feel like if I can do that with this, like I can do it with anything because it's like my baby.
2: Yeah, it's really it's really important. I think, I love that you shared that. because you, you made me think about, If we could have the attitude or have the openness to know that especially the people that matter to us so much and that we admire and that we love and that we care about, when they bring something up that is for our best interest and in our our best – becoming the best version of who we are in life, they're just trying to help us because they want to see us grow, they want to see us thrive, they want to see us achieve – it's it's really important if it's, if if those are the people that are delivering the information, trying not, you know, not being triggered by it and understanding that they want what's best for you. So I think, so I think when you're, when you're asking people to, you know, to look at your book and look at your words, making sure that you're, you're not sharing with people that haven't earned your trust Mm. and you're not sharing it with people that, you know, have what's best for you and will, and you will be able to stay open to whatever uh, comments or suggestions they will have.
0: Have we done an episode on discernment? I think we we have. Yes,
2: because it it reminded me when I said (laughs) when I said don't share, don't overshare with people that haven't earned your trust. I know that we've said that before. It's a good reminder. Don't
0: overshare with people who haven't earned Earned your your trust. trust. So those are the things
2: you and I've been talking about. I would love to hear from all of you. We always say that in our episodes. You know, give us a comment. Write it in the review. I'd love to hear from you. you. Yeah. I'd love to hear from all of you. What are some of the things that are green flags in relationships for you? What, what really stand out as, as something that's really precious or really special when someone has that personality and, and, you know, is genuinely happy for your success or any of the other six or seven ones that we mentioned.
0: Thoughtfulness.
2: Thoughtfulness. Grace.
0: Grace. Oh, you weren't asking me to write in the comments. No, I love it. No, I, <laughs> you're.
2: I love it. Of Barb's course. in
0: charge. You're going to take us out of the show.
2: Yeah. No, grace is a really good word for you because you you talk about grace a lot. You, I know that 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 matters to you, and you really value when people show grace.
0: I think grace and discernment go hand in hand. You know, knowing when to extend grace, knowing when to maybe feel more assertive, and well, it's like the um. Is it the AA prayer or grant me the, grant serenity, me the serenity to accept the, the things, things I can't change. change,
2: the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference.
0: That's the one. That's well. it. That's <laughs> it. Well, that's,
2: you know, it's kind of life. Yeah. No, you know.
0: I feel like that's, that is the crux of, of all of what we've just talked about. So I love it. Me too. And I love you. Oh, I love you and too, we love so I love you. this episode.
2: This was fun. It's talking been about nice. All the we've, things.
0: we've ran into some of our listeners out in the wild and we love hearing that you've been listening to the show and that you've been liking the episodes. It makes all of this feel so much more special.
2: It warms our heart and it's really truly. We it's love It's a green flag for us. Yes. We we love hearing from you. So never feel like you can't approach us outside if you see us at a restaurant or that you can't write in the comments and let us know what you want to hear next. I love it. We are always open and really value it because this is what, this is why we're doing what we do. So thank you very much, Michelle, for taking us through these green flags. I love it.
0: You took us through. So thank you. And thank you all again for listening and being with us and being a part of the community and being so kind and happy and thoughtful and flexible and comfortable and all of the things that we just talked about. You guys are green flags for all of us. Um, We always love talking with you guys every single week, and we hope that you'll continue to be with us week after week after week. In order to stay in touch with us and all the new episodes, please make sure you are liked and subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Apple, Google, Spotify. That's how you can stay up to date. If you'd like to stay in touch with us outside of the podcast, give us a follow on social media at Peaceful Barb, at Michelle Maros, at Barb Knows Best Pod. Like my mom said, that's the best way to give us feedback, topic requests, and anything else. Lastly, if you haven't yet, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes or Spotify and leave us a review on iTunes. That's so helpful for us, and we appreciate it deeply. Thank you so much again for listening. Thank you for being a part of the community. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we'll chat with you next week because as we know, Barb knows best. Bye.
3: Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue all in the Kroger app.